Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020, our first show in the month of December. Excited to be with you guys today. And I know that a lot of you are excited to hear from Bill Barnes today as he will join us on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. He is uh, free from COVID. He is out and about. He's back to work. Uh, He actually interrupted our, uh, had a phone call that interrupted our interview uh, from his boss, but he had to take it. Duty calls. And uh, I'm looking forward to you guys hearing from Bill as uh, as I know, he enjoys getting on the podcast and talking every Wednesday. It, it's not the longest of shows today, longest of interviews, but you know, with this crazy time we're in, especially December, there's just so much going on. Bill is back to work. I'm working six days a week, long hours, so we're trying to fit in podcasts when we can. We recorded this morning. We're gonna try to record. Tuesday nights from here on out, probably pretty late at night. If Bill can stay up, we got to keep, keep a little caffeine in him, but it's probably easier than uh, rushing something in the morning. Anyway, still a good show for you today. A few good topics with Bill. I talked with him about Sarah Fuller, the Vanderbilt uh, kicker, the um, SEC special teams, co-special teams player of the week for her 25-yard uh, kickoff. Uh, very inspiring stuff, and I'm sure Bill will have, or he did have a few words to say uh, regarding it, so I'm looking forward to you guys hearing that. Um, uh, we're going to talk uh, some sports topics for sure, and, and Bill has some extreme uh, opinions regarding maybe some COVID restrictions. Just kind of, He's kind of in this all-or-nothing mode right now where he's like either – Open up, let's let it be free, or let's have a massive shutdown. So I'll let him tell you all about all that. I don't agree with everything he said. I really don't, but hey, that's me and Bill Barnes on uh, Wednesdays. Uh, You you agree with some things, you disagree with others, and as I'm sure many of you out there listening uh, feel the same way. We do have some questions uh, from some listeners that Bill will answer, uh, mostly sports topics. Uh, So we will get to that in our interview also. Uh, and, And for me, guys, today, I mean... It's Wednesday morning. There's a lot going on. This crazy world of 2020 is is, is coming to a rapid uh, end, at least I hope. And, and maybe 2021 will be even crazier. But for now, I'm just looking forward to getting through this. Get First of all, get through this peak Christmas season at FedEx because it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Let me tell you, it's no joke. Uh, but just the year in general, I think so many people are ready to move on. They're just, let's, let's get through this thing. I'm very visual. And, and so just, just turning the page on the calendar for me is like, all right, we're putting this behind us. Uh, a couple things I want to say today, you know, have you guys ever been in an environment where you're, you're working with someone or yeah, it's probably job related. I saw it a lot in baseball. I've seen it in other areas of my life, but you're in the same working conditions as somebody else. The exact same situation. Maybe it's hot on a baseball field and your coworkers, they just, they don't know how to make the most of, they just complain. They complain to you. They, they look to you for uh, sympathy and you're kind of like, dude, I'm in the same working environment you are. You're not like struggling any more than I am. Why are you complaining? We're in the same exact situation. I don't know about you people who who have jobs at uh, offices or whatever, if, if, if this is relatable to you, but I, I've seen that uh, in baseball. I've seen it in other areas. Like I said, someone just complaining about a workload or how hot it is, or maybe the pace or the hours you're working or whatever. And you're like, dude, we're in the same exact environment. Why are you complaining to me. I, I just find it interesting. I mean, we there, there's so many things people complain about now where I just roll my eyes or, or someone who complains about being tired. You ever met, you ever met these people? People are tired all the time. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Everyone's tired. 
get to bed earlier, you know, whatever, like find a way to not be tired. Well, it's, uh, you know, I'm working long hours. So am I, you don't get any special awards for like doing your job. That kills me. That That's uh, what do I hear about LeBron James all the time? Oh, he's a good father. He's a father and a husband. You're supposed to do those things. You don't get special points for that stuff. So I've run into more people these this year that obviously there's a lot of complaining because there's a lot of bad things going on. But when people are in your exact same position and they complain to you, it's like, uh, dude, you're not getting any sympathy over here. First of all, what you're complaining about is not that big of a deal. Oh, we have a lot of work to do. Okay. Well, don't roll your eyes out. You signed up for this. You know what you're ex- to expect. I don't know. I just find it intriguing that people complain. People, people will even complain to you about things that that person is also experiencing. Like, oh man, you can relate. Do I complain? Yeah, I do. And I try to catch myself. And you know what? If I'm tired, I try to get to bed earlier. Some of these, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so, the woe is me people. Drive me nuts, dude. It's just like, dude, can you just shut up and 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 do what needs to be done? Have a little backbone, will you? I, I swear some of these people, I don't think they ever played sports. Never had any adversity. Never had any uh, uh, exhaustion from conditioning or anything. It's like, come on, man. Stop complaining, especially to someone who's doing the same job you are. Remember that one of my first professional baseball games, guy, guy came down. He's like, oh, my God, it's so hot out here. And I said, you know what? It's hotter in Iraq. And I was in, that's exactly what I said. I was like, you don't think I'm sweating too? You don't think everyone else out here is sweating? Like, big deal. We're not dodging landmines and machine gun fire. Sack up. Toughen up a little bit. Crying out loud. Drive me crazy. Oh, if referee in a football game. Oh, it's so cold. Really? It's so cold? You get four layers on. Relax. Like, deal with it. That, I guess that's my, my, my motto, my theme. Is what I'm, just deal with it. So many obstacles, so many things. Deal with it. Stop stop complaining. I'm so tired of it. I see it on the news. Well, I don't watch much news, but I but I hear I, I hear about it on the social media and all these different things. We're all in this. Stop thinking you have it worse than others. You want you want to see what who really has it worse than you? We can dig up some stuff. We we can look at some other countries where people make a dollar a week or whatever it is they do, where they don't have a roof over their head. Sure, I know a lot of people are struggling right now. People are out of work. I was out of work for a long time. But deal with it. Stop complaining, thinking the world revolves around you. I cannot stand that stuff. Drives me crazy, man. Um, Additionally, you guys been around people that just, they, they, they struggle with silence. You're, you're in a group of people or you're working or whatever, and they, they just, for me, there's a time to talk. There's a time to be quiet. There's a, I've always been kind of a shy guy, but then once I get around you, get to know you, like some people just talk just to have their voice heard. I'm like, did you really have to talk about that right now? Like we're working or what, like, or they hear someone off in the distance, start talking. And like a dog, they get up and they, and they run to the next room to see who it is. To talk. Wait, wait, who's talking? I need to hear this. Wait, what's going on? It's like, dude, we're, we're, we're working right now. Or we're making dinner or it doesn't have to be a job related. I'm just saying some people, Joe Stegner, my good friend who's been on this podcast and we'll have him back soon from Boise, Idaho. He, he, he was describing somebody one time and he said, yeah, that guy is, is fighting an ongoing losing battle with silence. <laughs> Meaning guy that just can't not talk. He has to, he has to open his mouth. He has to say something. And it's like, dude, just stop. I'm, you know, people want to be social, I guess. People want to have friends. People want to, but it's like some people you shouldn't talk. Silence can't be quoted or misquoted. So sometimes just kind of go about your business without uh, feeling you have to give your two cents. And I know I'm I'm a hypocrite here because I got a podcast and I'm just rambling into a microphone. But this is like 10, 15 minutes of my day. Like it's most of the day I'm not talking. I can't say that's honestly the same thing with other people. Like we need to put our head down and get, I think that's one thing that social media has done is it's given everyone a voice, which could be a good thing, but it's gone the other. It's, I think it's turned into a negative thing. 
because now everyone thinks their voice matters. I went to two and a half years of college. I matter. I have knowledge. I no, no, you really don't. You're just an average citizen who thinks they're more important than they are. And, and, and let me tell you, there's some government officials who feel that way too. Just because they've been elected to office, they think they're a God's greatest gift to the planet. But silence, like it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes I'll, I'll be quiet and Val will be, hey, what's wrong? I'm like, what? Nothing's wrong. I'm just quiet right now. Like there's nothing to say. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> if you don't have anything to say, don't create something to say. You know what I mean? Sometimes just working in silence, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You won't put your foot in your mouth and you won't uh, anger other people with some of your pontification, right? Just sit still, go about your life. But if you like talking to people, I get that too. We all need friends, I guess. We all need friends. So guys, those are just some thoughts. Don't complain about your working conditions or your environment when so many other people are going through the exact same thing. No one cares. And just deal with it. Control what you can control. That's on my wall. I look at that every day. Control what we can control. We cannot control most of the things that occur in this life. And as far as like the whole silence issue, sometimes it's okay to just be quiet. Listen. Two ears, one mouth, right? Is that what they say? So anyway, enough out of me. I'm just, it's Wednesday morning. I'm in the middle of a work week, the beginning of the Christmas season. So much to do, so many things to get to that I will eventually uh, do. But uh, I only have a couple of off days before Christmas. So there is so much to do. And again, fitting in this podcast before work or after work, that's a little bit challenging, but I'm up for the challenge. I'm not looking for sympathy as I just talked about. I don't want sympathy. Oh, this is hard. I work a lot of hours. Oh, I can't do the podcast. No, I don't want to hear. No, no one wants to hear that. So translate that into any walk of life that, that you see fit. Complaining, whining. My dad used to, oh, all the time. Stop whining. Stop. You don't hear whining anymore. You hear, oh, you, you know, oh, they're just, they're brave. They have a voice. Stop it. And the last thing I'll say before I go into Bill, we're going to talk about this. On Monday, I said a few things about Sarah Fuller, the Vanderbilt kicker. And how, oh, this is really cool. You know, this is cool, but come on, media, you blew this up out of proportion. I still stand by the media uh, part, but I am going to recant my, my statements a little bit. After seeing and hearing more about it, that she gave a halftime speech and, uh, you know, this and that, and, and having seen her warm up for extra points, kicking the ball from the four-yard line, which is impossible to do. Uh, I think what has happened and this has this whole thing was blown out of proportion is this whole experiment this whole noble act that we saw brave heroic it truly takes away from some woman down the road who might actually play in a power five football game say say someone becomes a defensive back or a kicker or a line whatever and they are they actually do play in a football game they achieve that which is difficult no, it'll be, well, Sarah Fuller was actually first. This person wasn't. This person just played four quarters uh, a defense or whatever. But no, Sarah Fuller, she was the first. When you create this like uh, drama, drama naturally happens. Achievements, they naturally happen. You don't have to go out of your way to create things, to create, uh, wow, look at, look at how much we've progressed. We have a woman playing power five division one football. This is incredible. Like something was holding them back from doing that. Nothing was holding them back for that. We're such in such a hurry these days to get this like, Oh, this, uh, this breaking news, this powerful moving story. I love good stories. I love, uh, fighting through adversity overachieving. I absolutely love that stuff. But when we go out of our way to, to try to treat this like this is some uh, history that was made. I mean, you're really overdoing it. You're overdoing uh, what this was. You need to call it for what it is. And I truly believe equality is holding people to the same standards. Not looking at them like, oh, that, you know, that was a good kick for a girl. No. No, not at all. Man, that was a good kick. For anybody, well, that was a terrible kick. Holding people to the same standard is what I think equality is. 
opportunities, sure. That's important. You could argue, oh, some people haven't had opportunities. You make the most of your opportunities, but you need to be treated equal. You need to be treated as an equal to the people that you are around. If you're not treated as an equal, then yeah, that's discrimination. But to be treated as an equal, that means the same. You need to have the same, be held to the same standards. And I know that's not always the case. Hey, do hot chicks get out of tickets probably more than uh, guys who look like me? Yeah, probably. All right. And I'm not out there protesting and saying, oh, this is horrible. How come a you know, guy in his mid-30s can't get a break? No, uh, some things that's just the case. You, you don't get any breaks. All right. But this whole concept of, well, she, she broke the barrier. She broke the gender barrier in power football. Stop it. We got to stop. Everything's got to be so blown out of proportion. And, 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 and again, I stand by that. The media is an absolute joke regarding this whole situation. Okay. I really mean it this time. Enough out of me. Bill's probably throwing stuff against his uh, car stereo waiting for me to be done or skipping forward. Like I'm sure most of you do, but let's get to Bill Barnes. It's only about 45 minutes today. But again, we, we had some things to do as Bill often says, you, Bill and I, we, we got, uh, you know, the people need us, the people need us to, uh, for bill for protection and, and for me to uh, get these packages out to everybody. So happy Wednesday to everyone. Let's uh, get right to our interview with uh, Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. And, uh, thanks for joining us today, guys, whenever you're listening to this episode of the get home safe podcast. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, it's Wednesday morning, and that means it's time for Bill Barnes. We are on another Zoom call, rocking, ready to go, ready to rock and roll, I should say. Bill Barnes, welcome back to the program. Good morning. It's early. Good morning. It is early, and you know what? Uh, not breaking news, but Bill, you look great. You you sound great. Um, not only are you pretty much you're done with this coronavirus thing, uh, but I mean you're going back to work now. I mean you're 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 ready to go. Life, life moves on just because, you know, you, you, you get this doesn't mean that uh, you're down and out forever. I mean, you bounce back and you uh, keep moving forward. But the media told me other, other, I, I haven't heard that from anyone. Else. Well, the media is full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank okay. You. And, um, you know, I've got a, I, I've got a, a theory and a philosophy to ending this, this it's one or the other. We need to pick a side here. Um, a, I'm tired of seeing Newsom's face. I'm tired of seeing all these people saying we've had 6,000 positive cases today, blah, 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 blah. Okay. One or the other. We're either going to live with it until, the, until the, they roll out the, um, the vaccines, and we're just going to shut up about it and live life. And if you get sick, stay home. And unfortunately, if you get sicker, if it hits you in a bad way, you're going to have to go to the hospital and... You're going to have to, you know, deal with it. And here's the thing. If the so-called experts are fearing that it's going to overwhelm the medical um, system, I mean, we've only been dealing this now for eight, nine months, and they, and they can't seem to figure this fucking thing out on how to deal with it. Well, I've got, a, I've got a solution. We bring in the Army, we bring in the federal government, and we lock down society. Seven days, seven to 10 days, we lock everything down. You're in your house. You're on a seven to 10 day quarantine. Everyone, everyone, police, fire, doctors. Um, obviously, that the hospitals will still be in, in session. Um, you better have a good reason for being out of your house, okay? If you don't and you're detained by the Army officials, they will, they will, they will put you in a seven day quarantine somewhere for you if you can't handle it yourself. It's one or the other. Pick a side. Either shut the fuck up and let us live, okay? Or, or put us all in timeout. Every single swinging dick out there, you're all in timeout. <laughs> a little extreme, uh, Bill, but you hey, know what? Hey, yeah, hey, you're right. Hey, hey. They, they, they seem to be calling, you know, uh, you know, 
they're, they're crying wolf all the time. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. If it's that bad, shut the society down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut everything down. Oh, boy. I want, I want to tell you a, a number here, Bill. I, I just These are rough numbers, but this is, again, this is a, a pretty big number. 13 million. 740 excuse me let, let me let me let me rephrase here 13 yes that's right 13 million seven hundred and forty thousand mm-hmm. you, you know what that number is bill is that cases that is how many people have survived of the coronavirus well you know what i'm proud to say that i'm i'm one of them amen 13 million seven hundred forty thousand and one there you go Okay, if it, it'd be seven thirty nine, if I didn't, if I didn't uh, recover, seven forty, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be a num- glad to no, be a statistic. Here. You're just a digit, Bill. Come on, uh, th- that's quite a that's quite a few survivors. I mean, I, you know, out of fourteen million people, thirteen million seven hundred forty thousand. Um, rough numbers, I know, just just some rough numbers, but uh, I think that should be th- that seems to like fade off in the distance all the time like oh so many people have died well wait a minute there's a huge number of people who have gotten this thing and survived and that seems to never even be touched on yeah well maybe with my theory of shutting everybody of locking everybody down that is going to keep people from venturing out and you know i see so many of of, of friends on on facebook people i really don't know but i know because they're they're friends i see all these people that are completely completely oblivious and are ignoring all of these safeguards. I see the same people night after night going out, dancing in people's backyards, going to these clandestine clubs that are open, drinking and, and just, just living life like it's normal. And then they're gonna be the first person to bitch and moan and complain when they get the sniffles and they get, you know, the virus. Okay. It's like anything, hey, Bill. Okay, my point is, my point is either don't frown upon people for doing that and do it mm-hmm. or, or the government, you know, if they keep crying wolf about this, either step in and just put everybody on lockdown. I don't like jumping. I would rather see that. Things. I'll pay my, I'll pay my, my, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pay the price for another 10 days just to keep from seeing that motherfucker Gavin Newsom <laughs> and the other, that other, um, uh, like she Trump looks like a, some type of well he in him too of course but barbara oh, ferrer, ferrer she yeah. looks like she climbed out of some reptile magazine you know? <laughs> i'm tired of seeing her okay she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about i, I hear you i hear you and, and you know we don't have to watch them i try not to watch them or listen to them because they're full of nonsense anyway they are and you know what bill uh you know god bless you you're retired you you've you've worked hard your entire life and everything some people can't afford to take 10 days off some people can't afford that stuff well, you know what if they're gonna if they're gonna put you in lockdown they gotta pay you and oh, if they have boy. to airdrop airdrop money into your house then do it we'll print more money we'll just we'll keep printing just money keep printing oh keep printing <laughs> stop it bill i understand your logic as far as you know what you guys want to lock down let's do a lockdown all right. right, I get that. All right, but but people trying to live like normal, what a concept. I, I hear you there. And I know I'm talking to someone who who has previously had coronavirus and I haven't. I understand that. You got Believe the inside me. lane. With me, I, I'm obviously above an above average health-wise 61-year-old man because <laughs> it felt like just a normal flu to me, okay? It didn't knock me on my ass like I thought it was going to. It, it attacked what was my most sensitive part of my body, I guess, which was my sore throat, because my throat felt like, uh, you know, I had just had a jackhammer uh, down my throat for about, you know, a, a week and a half. I mean, it hurt bad to the point where it reminded me about 10, 12 years ago when I had my tonsils out at age 50, which was a stupid thing to do, but I had to. And, the, you know, the, the, the older you are, the harder the recovery is from a tonsillectomy. And it brought back pain and memories of that. And believe me, it hurt like a son of a bitch. So the, the virus attacks what is your underlying problems in your body. So I didn't have any problems in my heart with my breathing. So I must, other than my, other than my, my um, uh, 
you know, my sore, rotten, decayed throat, I guess I'm pretty healthy because it would attack whatever underlying problem I had. And for three days, my, my, like I say, my throat really hurt. So with that said, this should be a wake up call to Americans to get off your dead lazy asses and get in shape and try to get your body uh, healthy. Because, you know, six months from now, you know, the Chinese can develop another uh, uh, weapon, <laughs> uh, weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. They could take us out. So my point is, uh, there should be a wake up call to all of us. Oh, and it, it, it was for the past eight months so that we could all get in, uh, you know, better shape and everything. I mean, I think that's definitely a, a good know, point. If you see, if you look at the numbers now, yeah, a lot of people are getting sick, but people aren't dying. As yeah, well. we've got, we've got better, we have better medication to treat this. If, if they could mass produce the drugs that were given to Trump when he got sick, this would be a, a, a very, very mighty society. So you're saying, okay, so if it were attacking the, the weaknesses of, of somebody, of uh, the, the underlying uh, you know, problems and everything. So theoretically, if this thing were to attack the, the state of California, Southern California specifically, not the people, I'm talking about the state figuratively, you're telling me the first, uh, it would definitely focus on the likes of Gavin Newsom and Eric Garcetti, because those are, op- those are uh, internal issues that our state has. Yeah, whatever, wherever, wherever you're going with it. I, I, I lost you. But. I'm sorry, it's early. If the state of yeah. California was a person, the underlying conditions would be Eric Garcetti and yes, uh, yes, they're 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 a cancer. Yeah, to put it mildly, they are that they are. Well, they, they're they're tumors that need to be removed. Yeah. It's uh oh man, tumors that need to be removed. Amen to that. Well, well, Bill, we could talk COVID all day, uh, but I know you want to put it behind you and, and move about your life. Go about. I want to put it behind all of us. Amen. I want to play through it and get this, get the vaccine. And those who want it, great. Those who don't, I understand, but don't bitch when you get it and you and you're sick. You know, um, it's there. It make a choice. Let's let's move on. Let's move forward. I want to be able to go out in public. Without a mask, I want to go to a sporting event where I can sit next to someone and not have to be worrying about this shit. Let's yeah. get back to normal. Yeah, I mean it's it's Christmas season. I mean, I'm sure your granddaughter. Well, you fuck. Wanna... Christmas is a Christmas is a foregone conclusion. It's, it, Christmas is fucked. Okay, just like Thanksgiving was. New Year's Eve. There won't be a New Year's Eve. It, it, we're we're fucked for a while. Bill, every time get... every time they make this proclamation that oh this holiday's dead or this. It doesn't happen that way. I know many people that had Thanksgiving still. People are going to have Christmas. Look, people are going to buy into this. Here. Work with me here. This is my excuse to not to have to talk to people or see people at the holiday I don't want to see. It works out perfect, okay? <laughs> it's my built-in excuse. All I right? guess so. Okay, Maybe. let's move forward. All right, let's move forward. Bill, questions for you. Uh, we have a lot of sports topics today, kind of a sports-related show, so we thought we'd get COVID out of the way, uh, much like you did with your, with your personal life. Uh, Bill, this is from our good friend Todd Carson. Uh, in regards to your comments about uh, for, or rice coach, baseball coach Wayne Graham, uh, he said, hey, this is for Bill. I saw Wayne Graham speak at a conference the year after he won the 2003 National Championship at Rice. He struck me as a gentleman, kind of like a grandfather figure. Was that his coaching style or was he more old school, like the managers from the generation of Earl Weaver and college coaches like Rod Dato? Um, well, my, my, I had one interaction with about three days of him, of, of uh, Wayne, and that was in Hawaii back in 2013 or 14. And I can tell you this, he was no grandfather. He was, <laughs> he was uh, you know, a pretty – you know, he was, he, you know, and, and let's go back a couple of years before that. In the, the year he won the World Series, I believe he was ejected by Joe Burleson in a game uh, for arguing a check swing. He came out of the dugout to argue a check swing, and Joe warned him, and then Joe ran him. Mm-hmm. So that's not very grandfatherly, if you ask me. Um, and when we had him, he was having an issue with one of the guys. Um, well, he had an issues with, with both of my partners that weekend. Um, and he kept calling. He would come out and, and he was, he knew better. I mean, Wayne wasn't stupid. He'd been around the game for a long time. 
and he was calling he the day three he went out and he said to steve frazzoni at third base he goes he called him blue and if you know steve steve absolutely despises that to be called that and and steve snapped at him and said hey wayne my name's steve it's day three get it right <laughs> and graham looked at him like what are you talking about so either he was playing stupid or he was trying to get under steve's nerves uh, then he went out and he argued with uh, Brad Hungerford on a couple calls, and um, and he he was not he was sharp he was sharp in a in an old man's way, mm -hmm. and he was not grandfatherly. He was, I would say, a couple of clicks below Mike Gillespie as far as being um, uh, antagonistic and angry. So, but he picked his battles, but he was not just a nice old man in a rocking chair with a blanket on. <laughs> if that answers. Uh, yeah, I, I think it does. The question. I think public speaking, guys, guys in public speaking are different individuals than they are between the lines, which is something you've mentioned a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. Between the lines and outside the lines kind of a thing. Different yeah, the only guy that from what I heard was pretty much the same was John Scalinas. John, when he talked to a big group was the same way he would talk on the field. John never swore. He was always a gentleman, but he did get his point across. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a way to do that. So yeah. Wayne, Wayne Graham, a legendary career at, at, at rice of all places. Uh, well, Bill coach Tarico is back. Your, your boy, Will Tarico. Uh, he, he's missed you. He sent in a, a question here. Uh, I, I can touch on it too, but you, Bill, you and I talk all the time about big games. It's one of our running jokes. Oh, it's a big game. Uh, because one time you and I were at uh, an establishment and there happened to be another umpire there. And I think you told him something along the lines, Hey, you got, uh, uh, you know, the angels and the A's tomorrow. That's like two weeks left in the season. That's for first place, man. Is it, you know, what, what do you think? How do you get ready for that? And the umpire major league veteran was just like, Oh yeah, yeah. It's a big game. It's a really big game. I'm going to change everything I do for tomorrow. You know, uh, <laughs> did you remember that bill? I do. I do. Yeah. He said he was going to roll, take, go, go up to his room and roll up a, a, a wad of socks and work on his timing, tossing it up to, in the air while he laid down, working on his timing. Yeah. Yeah. He, he made me feel like I was about three inches tall. Well, well done, Gooch. Very well done. Well, and, and, and if you know, if you know Chris Guccione, like we do, we know that he doesn't know a big game from a small game. He doesn't follow stats. He doesn't, he just goes out there and one pitch at a time, one batter at a time, one brushing of the plate at the time. It's everything's just one at a time. And he just goes out and just lets it happen in front of him with absolutely no sense of urgency, no sense of being uh, nervous. Nervous is not in his, in his uh, 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 game plan at all. Cool, calm, so a lot of calm guys, cool, collected. Yes. A lot of guys, a big game is, hey, just another game. It's another game. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, I tried to instill that philosophy in every so-called big game I ever worked. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you're obviously you're going to bear down a little more just because it is a quote big game, but, but um, you're not going to completely over, over, overheat yourself to the point where you're, you're going to melt down. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, well, that's kind of from a, an officiating perspective, uh, but to get into Will's specific question, here, here it is. He says, I know you've talked about overreacting before, but how do you feel about, quote, must-win games? I heard it a lot during the N NBA and MLB playoffs, specifically when the Lakers and the Dodgers were playing. A few weeks ago, I also heard that the Rams versus Seahawks game was a must-win for the Rams. In week 10, really? I understand when you're one game from elimination, but why are some of these other games considered must-win? Or is this only an L.A. fan's way of thinking? Bill, I'll let you address that first. Um, well, I think the Rams case the, against the Seahawks is that, you know, it was a, it was a, uh, uh, a deal where they were in their division and it was a must win in their division for the Rams to stay, you know, towards the top of the, uh, you know, towards the top and, and eliminate Seattle, at least with one more loss at that point in time in the season. That's the only thing I can figure out. And um, to me, I've never really 
thought of anything other than when you go out, you know, you try to win. I've never gone out and said, oh, this is one of those we can just, you know, shit can and who cares about. <laughs> I've never heard that philosophy ever. So I think the must win is, is something you carry every time you go out on the field, I would think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. So. No, I think the, the term gets thrown around all the time. It's a great question, Will. Uh, you know, oh, this is a must win. I think if you're like, for football, for instance, if you're like 0-3, it's like, okay, that's a, this is a must win because not too many teams have made the playoffs at 0-4 or whatever. Uh, elimination games, obviously, those are the actual must win games. Uh, I think when you're chasing someone in the standings, yeah. Because think about it, when, if it's a must win game and you lose it, well, then what happens? Either you're eliminated or now next week's game becomes a must win. So, yeah, I do think the term gets thrown around a little loose. loose it is. It's, it's over. It's overhyped. It is. It is for sure. So, uh, yeah, there's I think the must win games are few and far between. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's a really good point, Will, and a good question. Um, okay, Bill. I knew we'd talk about this, but this is from Kevin Scarpio uh, way up in Apple Valley. And he said, can you and Bill – Talk about the Vandy stunt with Sarah Fuller. I think it's hilarious that Derek Mason, the head coach, was fired the next day. And I'm sure people have heard about this, seen this. I believe there's a movie in the works. Uh, there's going to be an ESPY award. And I'm pretty sure they're going to retire the number 32 across all sports based off of what we saw in that football game between Vanderbilt and Missouri. Sarah Fuller came in kicked off in the second half if you want to call it that about a 25 yard kick or whatever and was just praised from everyone as the first female to play a power five uh, college football game bill i know you have plenty to say i'm going to step back and let you say what you got to say <laughs> first of all um <laughs> this was an absolute well first it's 2020 anything can happen mm -hmm. they could have dressed up a fucking chimpanzee brought him out on the field and I think the chimp would have kicked the fall ball farther and probably tried to run down and make a tackle. Okay. This was an absolute uh, deplorable publicity stunt, whatever you want to call it. It, it was an, it, 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 you, it was a, <laughs> it was like college football wiped their ass and then wiped it all over the sec with this. Okay. This was ridiculous. This is an embarrassment. To, to it. now, don't get me wrong. If 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 she came out there and kicked the ball to the uh, you know to the goal line and went down and made the tackle herself, hey, God bless her. Well done. But she kicked the ball. She squibbed it. She had somebody holding it. The ball, not on a tee, holding the ball. She squibbed at 25 yards, directly ran to the sideline. Yeah. Hey, I got to take this. This is my boss. Oh, okay. Hang on. Can we, can we cut a minute? We'll cut it right here. <laughs> anyway, Sarah, Sarah needs – okay, this was a stunt. It was badly done. Timing was bad. Uh, bottom line is it was an embarrassment, a joke to everybody, especially a joke to her, I think. She should be embarrassed that all she did was, you know, waddle her fat ass out there and kick the ball 25 yards and waddle off the field. Um, it, it, this was nothing more than this was embarrassing. And, um, you know, you talk about a participation award to the fullest, mm -hmm. you know, give her her cookie and her juice box and, and, and send her on her way. This was ridiculous. And whoever, whoever uh, thought of this, whoever okayed this, and if it was the head coach, I'm glad, he, I'm glad they fired him because it was an embarrassment to college football. Yeah, I have a couple thoughts on this. I mean, uh, Bill, isn't equality, isn't equality basically holding people to the same standards as you would somebody else? It's not about, well, give someone a chance. It's about holding people to the same guidelines, the same, same uh, accountability as you would somebody else. And for what she did to act like she was this like super good kicker or they were in complete emergency, had nobody on campus is an absolute joke. I saw her warming up. She had a tee at the four yard line, kicking, kicking a balls through the uprights. 
you can't kick the ball from the four yard line. You snap it from, if you snap it from the one, you're still kicking the ball from the, uh, what would that be? The nine, the eight yard line. So it's just stuff like that. I saw ESPN, uh, you know, just glamorizing. And I'm like, what is this? This is unbelievable. It's a complete, it's a complete, uh, it's a complete joke. And um, hopefully, you know, because it's the year 2020 and the way things are going and, and because of, of COVID, you know, rescheduling and shuffling. And this has been just a year of dog shit. So we can just chalk it up to that part of the 2020 bag of shit and flush it and be done with it. And hopefully it never happens again. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at it this way. First of all, if, if a woman ever does play power five football in, in the power five conference, doesn't this take away from someone who, who might, some woman who might eventually play I there? Was, I was just going to make that point. Yeah. There are probably some women out there that have the physical skill set to go play either as a kicker, a defensive back, wide receiver, right? Who, who the fuck knows? I've seen some big, large fat asses that could probably do a pretty good job as a guard or tackle. Okay. So my point of the matter is this, with her getting this, this limelight and this first ever totally, totally dampens and fucks up anybody else coming down the pike to do it legitimately. And it's a shame, shame on Vanderbilt, shame on the sec, shame on the NCAA, Shame on them all. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. And then my, my big thing, Bill, is, you know what? They asked her to play. She played, whatever. Apparently, she gave a halftime speech to, to the team about not cheering hard enough on the sidelines and how, you, you know, on the soccer program, the women's soccer program, they cheer for each other. And she was appalled. Okay, what's, Vanderbilt, what's Vanderbilt's record? 0-9, oh 0-8. Oh okay, case, okay, I, I, I submit my case. Okay, there you go. I, may, I, may I submit that to you? They're 0 and fucking 9. They're a sham program. They're, they, they're, they're, they're Power 5 in name only. Yeah. They're SEC in name only. They're a, they're a, they're a, their program is in, is in shambles. And maybe this was Derek Mason's way of saying, fuck you. I know you're going to fire me, so I'm going to embarrass the shit out of you. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? And who cares? Yeah, that, that could have been it. Uh, so, so, yeah, just kickers for the most part, you're supposed to stay, stay quiet, stay, you know, just, just kick the ball, do your job. Um, but, yeah, this what, what pissed me off, Bill, was this, the media coverage of this thing acting like this was some historical moment that she made history and some people comparing it to the likes of like Jackie Robinson and stuff like there was this great struggle that again spits in the face of the accomplishments of people like Jackie Robinson, who, who went through, uh, you know, who went through this, this oppression and everything to act like she made history and put them in the same sentence is ridiculous. Okay. Well, the only reason that she would be using a different bathroom, maybe in a different room is because she has different plumbing. Okay. She's by no means, to the, the lights of having to go through what Jackie Robinson went through, what a lot of people went through during this, this, uh, you know, years ago during the, 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 the that, that racial struggle of, of equality. Okay. Um, I'm all for the best man or woman that gets the job. Well, in this particular case, uh, there could have been a, um, anybody on that football team could have kicked the ball 25 fucking yards and ran to the sideline. So that was a joke. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm not kidding when I say that I, I, I'm pretty sure a movie's going to get made out of this thing. Well, if it uh, does, that's then I, that's terrible. Oh, it is. Oh, it absolutely. It'll, it, it'll be a, a national lampoon comedy then. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said. Well, I did find it interesting. He was Derek Mason. Their coach was fired the next day. And yeah, and he should I, never, if he, if he was behind this, he should never, ever set foot on, on, a, on any type of football field again. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I, I mean, and the media coverage ESPN, as I, I thought, couldn't get any more, any woker, any more, they, they led ESPN with this story or sports center. I mean, people thought people were praising this. That's the problem is, is you take moments that are, rather insignificant, and this was, this was beyond an insignificant, and you make it into this national story. It's a classic example of what the media, specifically the sports media, continues to do. They can't just report the news or show sports anymore. They need everything to be this giant cause and this, like, awakening, and it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, 
horribly embarrassing. It's it's beyond that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and holding people, you gotta hold people. To, I mean, th this whole thing where you know, people fought for equality and for opportunities and everything. And if you're not gonna hold people to the same standard, then what's the point of all this? Like you said, best man or woman for the job. I don't care if it's the first ever to do something. And you could arguably say she still she still didn't do anything. Now, does she play this week against Tennessee and maybe kick an extra point? Okay, cool, whatever. That is if Vanderbilt scores a touchdown, which I doubt would happen. Uh, but the whole article, the whole situation, is just an absolute joke. There's no other way to say it. And uh, I was a little on Sunday night when I recorded. I was kind of like, you know what? Yeah, this is cool. It was it was uh, it was neat, but the the media coverage was ridiculous. Now I'm kind of recanting my my. Original statement. This whole thing was a ridiculous after finding out more information about it. Uh, yeah, um, we've, we've spent too much time on it, actually. We've given okay. it too much attention. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's, a complete, it's a complete sham. We're doing, we're doing what the media is doing. You're right. You're right. Well, um, I, I do know that uh, in other sports news, Santa Clara County up in Northern California has decided to suspend all uh, contact sports, and that includes – the San Francisco 49ers and the Stanford Cardinal. I know the 49ers are moving to Phoenix for a few weeks. I don't know about Stanford, but this also affects San Jose State. Their game upcoming against Hawaii has been moved to Honolulu. It was supposed to be a home game, and they now are going to play on the road. So uh, go hey, figure, Bill. Hey, they, they want they, – hey, get a trip to Hawaii out of that? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you make of this bill that Santa Clara is the only County to be doing this? It's Northern California. It's <laughs> the land of Birkenstocks, hairy armpits, hairy legs, and free love. And it's, you've got decision makers up there that are making idiotic decisions. Yeah, it, it's, it continues. <laughs> the, the decisions continue. Yeah, uh, it doesn't surprise me. And I just saw this morning that CIF has, has put on hold all sports. Shocker. The fall sports that were supposed to go in January, everything on hold. Of course. Yeah, we yeah. knew that was going to happen when they just sure. postponed it until January. Like, oh, really? Okay, yeah, that's not, that's not going to happen. Um, they don't have the testing things. They, they're, they're just not going to play like everyone else. The other high school kids around the country are playing, which is, uh, which is stunning yeah. to me. But uh, you have the 49ers who are in a playoff hunt here who just beat the Rams in L.A. They got back on a plane. We're like, well, we don't know where we're going to play. They're going to be playing in Phoenix, Bill. The Phoenix 49ers. Got a nice ring yeah. to it. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, the Coliseum was open for them. They could have come down here. Yeah, uh, they could have gone to the to the old standby, um, you know, uh, StubHub Center. Heck, Rancho you know, Cucamonga the, High School's open. Exactly. If you don't have crowds, <laughs> you don't have – all you need is, you know, a place to park the team bus and get off the bus and go play. <laughs> That's it, man. That is it. Well, I, I think they feared that Southern California would take similar – uh, a similar stance soon. And, and they just may. They Who might. knows? <laughs> they certainly might, which is scary. Uh, so that's probably why they went to another state. Um, I am surprised that the NFL, I, I, I commend the NFL for really adjusting their schedule and finishing up this thing. They've moved games to Tuesday. Heck, we got a game today, Wednesday, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Uh, I think that's pretty cool that they move games around and they've stayed on track despite some of the obstacles. Well, they've had no choice. They've had to. It's, you know, they, 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 you know, they dipped their toe in the water and they said, we're going to play come hell or high water. Uh, and COVID is out of control, supposedly, allegedly. And, and, and uh, the numbers back it up. So they're, they're playing, you know, they've gotten teams that, you know, have had players that, you know, have, have come back, you know, they've been tested positive. They've done their, their quarantine, they're back playing, you know, so um <laughs> some people can work work with and around it and some people just can't oh yeah i know that and uh someone who's not going to be working anytime soon i know you've been critical of him uh is former detroit lions head coach matt patricia who was fired on saturday after a thursday thanksgiving uh loss to the houston texans uh what do you make of uh, patricia being fired i know you have some opinions on him from his uh, previous coaching days? I never, I never thought for one second he was head coach material. A guy who wears his hat backwards, life, life is going forward. 
okay? <laughs> a guy that always wore his hat backwards, and now he becomes a head coach, and all of a sudden he wears it forward. Well, mm -hmm. good for you, Matt. Uh, I never – hat or no hat, I never thought he was a head coach. Uh, it seems as though he lost his team. A lot of players had horrible things to say about him. Uh, and that was just a unfit marriage from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And he's probably a great assistant. Um, and he'll probably get a job again as an assistant somewhere. And, you know, life will go on. Um, that whole Detroit organization has been a rudderless ship for as long as I can remember. Um, they've had, you know, mostly down years, very few up years. And this year and then through Patricia's uh, tenure has been nothing uh, other than down. Mm -hmm. I cannot figure out why some organizations just can't find that right coach, that right fit. Um, I know it, it takes a while in some cases, but some organizations always seem to find the right guy. I don't know if it's a fortunate thing or what, but yeah, Matt Patricia, apparently he was a very intense guy. And let me ask you this, Bill. I think appearance does matter, as you mentioned Absolutely. with the backwards hat. Okay, okay. You know, I, I'm a heavier guy. Matt Patricia, very heavy. Andy Reid's a heavier guy. But Andy Reid and Matt Patricia could not be any more different. Apparently, Patricia would talk down to guys. Uh, Andy Reid is one of the most respected coaches in the league. So what is your take on that as far as, you know, a heavier set guy kind of bashing professional athletes? Well, kind of weird, I, I, see, I see Matt Patricia as a guy who sits at home and eats M&M's drinks soda, yells and screams at the TV, uh, and, you know, probably has, you know, dirty dishes piled up around him. Uh, I just look at him as just a wild-ass kind of frat boy who has never grown up. And he takes that same attitude onto the field and onto the practice sideline and treats his players the same way, and you just can't do that. Mm -mm. You know, these are millionaires. These are, these are people that have been given everything in life, and – you know, you've got, whether you like it or not, you have to treat them with the utmost respect, even though they may not deserve it. You got to, you know, put them on a pedestal to get something out of them. Well, well, you hear all the time, oh, the players love playing for this guy or the exact opposite with Patricia. Guys, guys hated it. I mean, I heard stories about guys celebrating after the last day of the season a couple of years ago so that they wouldn't have to put up with him anymore. I mean, right. it, it's just crazy. Now, what's crazy to me is you never really heard this in New England when he was an assistant coach. You know what I mean? They seem to respect him and play for him then as an assistant. Well, because then as, as an assistant, you're, you're just one notch level above a player. You're kind of the player's leader. And, you know, the, the, his defense probably loved him where, you know, Belichick was the heavy and he came in and he was the guy, mm -hmm. you know. So it was kind of like the father, then the big brother, and then the players. <laughs> so well, you, you and I have umpired enough to know that some guys are not meant to be crew chiefs at all. Some guys, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Some guys are okay on the bases, we'll say, just uh, <laughs> not having to strap up the gear. Right. I mean, if, if, if the players felt as if Patricia didn't have their back and didn't stand up for him, then, then, you know, he lost the team. Just like if we feel that our crew chief doesn't have our back and, and, doesn't, and, and won't go to bat for us, then, we've, then he's, lost the, he's lost the crew. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm on my own. If you know, yeah. you're right. You're absolutely right. And it's got to be the same way, way with coaching. I mean, you're the head. There's nothing like being number one, the head guy. All the responsibility falls on you. You're not just coaching, calling plays. You are uh, worrying about every detail of every player, every coach on your team. And some guys do that better than others. Some guys, honestly, Bill, some guys are just coordinators. So you know that. Some guys are just position coaches. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just who you are. Mm -hmm. Well, Barnes was a special teams coach. You were never a head coach. No, nor did I. No, no. I, 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 everybody took your little section of, of the piece. Everybody took care of their piece of the pie. There you you go. Had the and you had the head baker, the head chef, who oversaw, you know, things. And then I was responsible for my little slice. Now, let me ask you this. In police work, you obviously had uh, superiors who you probably in a similar situation to players 
not respecting, you probably didn't have respect for or wouldn't go to bat for, wouldn't run through a brick wall for him. And then I'm sure you also had superiors that you would do absolutely anything for. Was that the case in the police? Field? Yes, yes. I had, I had bosses that I would do anything for, run through a brick wall. Others, I, I'd have, you'd either work with them and love it or you'd work around them. And there were plenty of them that I used to have to work around because I knew that if the shit hit the fan, uh, they're going to try to make themselves look good by burning me and not going to bat for me. So same thing, same thing. You just, you know, uh, gave them the, the, the very minimum and tried to work around them. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, it's interesting that it can be in all fields of, of work. And you know what? The Lions are probably going to hire someone else who will go in there and fail again. Unless, I don't know. I think the Lions, I don't know. They're in Michigan. Could they pull Jim Harbaugh away? They need to make a big splash in a big name somehow. I, I think Jim Harbaugh would be a better, better, he's a better pro coach than he is college coach, I think. I, I don't think the whole year-round recruiting thing is Harbaugh's uh, cup of tea. I think he just likes to get out there and draw up X's and O's and, and go with people that are in are that are there and see what he can do to manufacture what has given him. That's what he did with the 49ers. That's what he did, you know, th there. Um, uh, and again, I'm not sure that the University of Michigan has bought into Jim Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. it, I don't know. Who knows? It's Who crazy knows? because Jim Harbaugh always seemed like that rah-rah guy, even in the NFL. He had the right amount of it. But yeah, he also had to drop some defenses, you know, some, some offenses too, but man, he, his tenure at Michigan has been disappointing. I, I think early on he did. Okay. Hey, Michigan, sorry, you're a nine, 10 win program. That's about as good as you're going to get. He still hasn't beaten Ohio state. He's not done well in bowl games or any other quote unquote big games. Uh, but you know, it's just like, why, why is Jim Harbaugh struggling at his alma mater when he has so many resources available to him? Great question. I don't know if anybody's been able to answer that. Yeah. Well, I, I could see him coaching the Lions, coaching the Bears. I know it's his alma mater, but I could see him uh, being uh, lured away. Uh, but if not, the Lions got to find someone, as do uh, some of these other teams in the NFL. It's not, it's not I, easy. I think perhaps Jim's going to come back to cushy Southern California. And uh, I could see him, color me crazy, but uh, I could see him in the Cardinal and Gold. No way. Really? I, just a crazy thought. Okay. Hey, I like that. Hey, let's throw it out there. Predictions. This is 2020. You can predict anything and not be crazy. Uh, it's just, you know, just one of those things. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, that would be interesting. Well, um, Bill, I got to ask you, I know you, you're not a diehard by any means, but you do watch the games. What, what is up with the Rams? Why are they the most inconsistent good team in football? I'll say that. Um, because you've got a mad scientist in, in their head coach who just can't settle down and draw up a, game, a good game plan week in and week out. The game plan with Tampa was outstanding. Yeah. Last week's was dismal. Plus, you've got a fickle 13-year-old girl quarterback, Jared Goff, <laughs> who one week is phenomenal, who dresses up for Sunday school and looks like a million dollars. And then the next week uh, looks like, uh, you know, she just crawled out of a, uh, you know, some hole somewhere, you know. And uh, I think he's got a lot of growing up to do. And I'm not quite sure he's lived up to his hype. I mean, you take away his fumble and a couple of uh, interceptions, the Rams shut out the 49ers last week. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Miami, same thing. I mean, Miami was the better team that day, hands down. Uh, but, yeah, you cannot turn – everyone knows that. You can't turn the ball over. Um, I like Jared Goff. I really do. I think he's a, he's a good quarterback. Um, I would much rather have him than some of the other quarterbacks in the league. Does he frustrate me? Yeah, but he also makes some amazing plays. And if he just doesn't turn the ball over, I think he's one of the best in the game. I really do. Yeah, I, and, and he's, he's – I don't see a lot of – uh, emotion out of him. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I like that. You look at him on the sideline and you don't know if he's winning 40 to nothing or he's losing 40 to nothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Like Tom Brady to me is the same way. Um, but, you know, 
Uh, again, this is a transition year for the NFL. Things are changing. Things are happening. We're doing things on the fly. We're, we're making, you know, um, changes with, you know, with minutes to spare. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a fluid season as they say. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone's going through it. And again, I applaud them for staying on schedule. It's, it's been good so far. Um, and the Rams, yeah, uh, there's five games left. I really hope they can, they can uh, piece it together here, Bill, and, and make it happen. Um, some other, you talk about Tom Brady. Do you feel Tom Brady is, uh, I mean, having a tough year? Hang on, Bill. What's going on here? You have a mute button? Why? Okay, just kidding. Just make sure. I was going to say, if you have a mute, never mind. Uh, I mean, Tom Brady, you talk about him. People are being critical of him. But, man, people forget he's 43 years old. And you know what? He, he's, he's doing fine. I mean, people expect this, him to go undefeated and never have an interception. That's just like that's not realistic. Even realistic. the greatest among us struggle at times. Doesn't Tom Brady, I mean, doesn't he get a, a break? Yeah, I mean, it's a new system. He's with who I think is kind of an arrogant egomaniac head coach. And I don't think the two of them gel very good together. No, no, they do not. Uh, Arians is, uh, again, as far as head coaches go, when we talked about a little bit, yeah, he's not quite, uh, <laughs> not quite uh, the, the, the motivator maybe that some other guys are. So uh, Bill Barnes, I know uh, it's a rather short show today, but I know you got places to go, people to see now that you're COVID free. And uh, yeah, anything else you'd like to discuss kind of before we, wrap it up no i think we're good um i look forward to next week we're gonna have some other things to talk about hopefully we can uh i may have a surprise special guest for you oh really i like that yes. tease it yes. tease it indeed i know these wednesday morning uh recordings are a little more tough because they they uh they're kind of in a hurry if you will so i don't know maybe we'll, we'll come up with something whether it be tuesday morning or tuesday night but I look forward to the special guest. You're going to have to tell me off the air. I'm, I'm a little interested. It's, I, will, I will call you when I'm on the road. Okay. I like that. All right. Indeed. Well, Bill Barnes, thanks again. Happy Wednesday. Happy to have you back uh, out and about. I know the world is a little safer when you're out of your house, Bill. It's, it's more dangerous, trust me. <laughs> All right, Bill. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Adios. Thanks again, Bill Barnes, for coming on the weekly Wednesday win. You make everyone's week a little bit better when you spice it up on Wednesdays. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Looking forward to doing it next week. And maybe we can do it at night next week. Maybe Tuesday night uh, for the people so they can hear us bright and early on Wednesday morning. And uh, it's a little easier to record with uh, some other type of beverage than some uh, cold coffee, if you know what I mean. Thanks again, Bill Barnes. Well, guys, I got to run. It is, uh, you ever look at the clock and you're like, oh, I have plenty of time. Then you look up five minutes later. It seems like five minutes later and you're like, oh, man, I got to go. I am running behind. So, uh, guys, I appreciate you tuning in to the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes and the Get Home Safe podcast here. Uh, I will tell you about our guest on Friday. We're going to be joined by Chris Calderon. Chris Calderon is the third member of the Get, it's not the Get Home Safe, excuse me, the third member of the Pro and Con podcast hosted by Zach Stiver and Javier Rodriguez. We've had both of those guys on the show uh, before talking about their podcast and a very good show that they put out every week. Chris is like the moderator. He's kind of the narrator as well. He's also known as Senior Locks, and he gives some gambling picks. For those gamblers out there, I'm not a gambler, but you know, for, for Chris, uh, he, he throws out some locks of the week, if you will, and uh, spices up that show a little bit. So we're going to talk to Chris. He's also a member of uh, a, an alum of Real Hondo Prep, so there'll be plenty to talk about there as far as uh, his family history. Three Calderon brothers who played Real Hondo Prep football, so plenty to talk about with Chris. Also, he's a big Rams fan, big Dodgers and Laker fan, all LA fans, so plenty of uh, things to talk about with Chris. Looking forward to that, and I hope you will join us on Friday when we do so. Should be a fun episode. It's already recorded and ready to go, so I won't have to rush in the morning or rush off. I'll have a few more 
things uh, organized here on Friday when we have our our episodes. So looking forward to you guys joining us with Chris Calderon on excuse me on Friday, also known as Senior Locks, should be a lot of fun. Guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at Yahoo.com. We hope to hear from you just like you hear from us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here on the Get Home Safe Podcast. Send us an email. Send us a social media message uh, giving us a content suggestion or question or whatever the case is. You want to vent about your favorite sports team or uh, just give me your thoughts on the daily randomness. It's all good. Get those questions in. Get those suggestions in in a timely manner so we can discuss when we record our episodes hope everyone is uh grinding through this week it's uh, about half over let's get through wednesday and then we'll be on to the the end of the week and uh keep rolling right along here on the get home safe podcast happy december to everyone out there and guys no matter what you're doing whether you're out on the town or around in third base get home safe Mm -hmm.